good. I know some of y'all looking like, what y'all, what you doing up here? Like, I ain't Pastor Bell supposed to be speaking? <laughs> but uh, this month, he's going to be taking a, a, a little sabbatical, and uh, he's having other members of his church give a word. And uh, I guess I'll be ushering that in today. Um, so if everybody will bow for a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, for your loving kindness and tender mercies. God, we thank you for these gifts that you have given us. And I ask that you give us the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to give you glory in these gifts to the best of our abilities. Father, I ask that you move me out the way so that everyone could receive the word that you have put on my heart. In Jesus' name, we ask and we pray. Amen. So today... We are talking about unity. And that's going to be the the topic for this month. Um, So my subject today is going to be on what is unity. I want to kind of break it down and delve into it a little bit. I'm not going to be up here long either. Uh, You know, Jay liked to talk for a couple hours, so I'll be up here for like 10 minutes. Uh, But first, so... Unity is defined as the state of being united or joined as a whole. Um, Other definitions are the state of forming a complete and pleasing whole, especially in an artistic context. Um, In mathematics, it means the number one. But what what does the Bible and God say about unity? Um, Number one, unity is a spiritual experience. In order for people to unify, they must submit to whatever spirit is governing the body or the group. Because we were created to commune with God, we worship when we unify. The first example is Genesis 11, verse 1 through 4. And when y'all get there, say amen. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. In this instance, you can see that the spirit that they were operating under was a spirit of pride or or hubris, which is excessive pride. And what were they worshiping? They were worshiping themselves. What does God say about worship? Turn to John chapter 4, verse 24. And when you get there, say amen. All right, and it says, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. In order to be joined together, like I was saying before, you have to be unified under the same spirit. And that will let you know, the fruits of that spirit will let you know what kind of spirit you're operating under. Um, You can see in the world where people joining under one mind, uh, 
they either riot or you can see them do all kind of crazy stuff. Have you ever have you ever heard the term that people are stupid in large groups? Has anybody ever heard that? It's not it's not necessarily that they're stupid, but they give themselves over to a, a, a spirit moving that group. That's what's really going on. Um, with, with riots, it's the spirit of anger or rage. Um, if it's uh, excessive partying, it's the spirit of revelry. So when we get together, it's almost, since God created us to worship, it's almost impossible for us not to be moving under a spirit. Because we, we are spirits. We are spiritual beings. Um, so what happens when we unify in God? Turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And when you get there, say amen. amen. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So when you operate under God's authority, he gives you power. Because they were united with God through Jesus, under his spirit, they were able to demonstrate God's power to the nations or, and were able to accomplish great things. If you read further in Acts, you'll see a lot of times that word, phrase, one accord shows up a lot. Even with people opposing uh, Christ's people, they, they, they're letting you know there's a spiritual battle going on. And the people of God were doing great things in one accord. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That's letting you know that in order for us to accomplish great things as the body of Christ, we all got to be subjected under the will of God. But number two, unity is autonomy. Because what, is, what, is, what does it mean to be under one accord? What does it mean to be in singleness of mind and heart? Um, but first, let me define autonomy. Autonomy is defined as the quality or state of being self-governing. What does it mean to self-govern? Biblically, it means God does not want to force or coerce you into unity. That's not what he desires. When you see false unity, it's, it's, it's more so of a, of a hive mind or people being brainwashed or manipulated uh, to achieve certain things. Um, he doesn't want to do that with you. He wants to, you to surrender your all and your will to him so he can renew your heart and mind to desire him because God respects the mind that he gave you. He doesn't want, when it says singleness of mind and heart in, in the Bible, uh, it means they were all in one accord with one purpose under one spirit. 
even even in even in being under one purpose and one spirit, there were still disagreements. Um, Paul and Peter still disagreed. That there were still like uh, not separation, but just different perspectives that can exist under God. That can't that can't exist anywhere else. If you if you really pay attention to how groups and and communities and coalitions work, God is the only way you can do that and keep your own volition in your own mind. Other groups, other uh, communities, other types of unity. At the end of the day, if you still have your own mind, you can't really exist in it because if you begin to question what's going on, they will vilify you, demonize you, and cast you to the side. But with God, he welcomes your questions. He welcomes you to learn. He welcomes you to prove him. So that's letting you know that the mind he gave you is the one he wants you to keep. He just wants to make it new. And did you know that you having your own mind is a miracle in and of itself? Because God gave you a mind to look at the things he created and make an assessment for yourself whether it's the best decision to be with God or not. That's miraculous. Because if he wanted to, he could just create some robots to do whatever he wanted. He could have created just, you know, we would have been no better than animals. But the reason why we're separated from animals is because God gave you this mind. He gave you this mind to, to look at the wonders of the world and see him in it. Turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 20 through 21. Like I said, I ain't going to be up here long. I'm almost done. <laughs> All right, so it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This verse is telling you, with the mind that you have, you can look around and see that God exists. But have you ever just thought of how wonderful that is? It's an amazing thing. So what does it mean to really be in one accord? Let's go to... Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. And when you dare say amen. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ and any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So what this is telling you is that in order to 
uh, exist with your own mind with others, you have to honor them over yourself. You have to uh, walk in love, which is my next point, that ultimately, number three, unity is love. And I'm almost done, like I said. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four through five says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorposts in the house on your gates. And Philippians... Uh, actually, I'm going to go to John, um, chapter 15, verse 9 through 12. As the Father had loved me, and this is Jesus speaking, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. So these last couple of scriptures I was reading is telling you that in order to be effective in unity under Christ, you have to surrender to his will. And when you surrender to his will, the fruits of this unity will be love. Because that's the only way a, a true uni unity can work is in love. But who is love? God. So if, if, if God is not in the picture, then that means love ain't in the picture. And if love ain't in the picture, then that, that means it ain't going to work. And how do you know that the group or unity that you're in is love? Galatians 5 through 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And that lets you know that if you are operating in love, then you will see these fruits. And that's what Paul was telling us. Uh, to be long-suffering, to put others before yourself, to look out for the the self the, the interests of others and not your own self-interest, because ultimately that's the only way we're gonna make it. And uh, that's my time. Awesome! Let's give God some praise for Ezra. Wasn't that a great word? Great word, man. Love it. Awesome word, awesome word. He says something, he says something, at, and, and we're we going to teach on it in a little while, but he says something, he said that God gave you a mind, and there are many different perspectives that you can have, and we're we going to, that, that was good. Y'all going to have to go back and watch that one again, because I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. So let's give God some praise for him again for that word this morning, great word, great word. Great word. Amen. I'm going to ask my intercessors to join me this morning. And we're going to allow for some space in some areas uh, this morning. So there was some really, the word was solid from start to end. Amen. And so that's what we want to do here. We, we 